What's up, everybody? Um, this is Maurice. Hello and hi there. This is Moises. And this is Reed. What's up, Reed? Um, we are here with another episode of Post Twink. Um, Post Twink is a uh, brings you the highs and lows of gay, queer, bi, trans men's culture. So we um, are excited to have you all, and we're mm-hmm. going to get a new episode. Um, we are talking today um, about, I guess, gay men and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in that dry, boring, clinical ass way, you know what I mean? Like, we got a bunch of shrinks here to tell you things, but um, we're going to dive into that. Yeah, so, so stay tuned. Yeah, we're excited to have Reed um, joining us. Calling in from Hala. Yeah. Hala. Yes, that is work. Hala to Hala. <laughs> work. Um, I don't think that's yeah. the first time that someone's done that. Just, Probably just not. Saying. Probably. It's the first time that I thought about it, so I'm going to do it every time from now on. Yes. And so, uh, Maurice and I are here in Denver. Right. Um, yes. Living in loving Denver where it's lovely and warm, and I oh, winter yeah. is over, so spring is here. I've, I've accepted spring as my lord and savior into uh, my heart and yes. everywhere else in my body. <laughs> uh, no, it's up. Um, so to kick us off, yeah. um, we're going to bring back something we used to do that... Mm-hmm. Um, we loved a lot, but we're gonna three questions. Back uh, by popular demand. Yes, <laughs> I got harassed for us not doing it. Um, three questions: What are you reading? What do you love? And what do you come? I mean, what makes you come is gonna be our intro. So, what are you reading? What do you love? And what makes you come? Excellent. I can jump in first, please, if folks want me to. Um, so, what am I reading? Um, I always, you know, I enjoy a good web comic. So I wanted to do a shout out to Adam Tots. So that's T O T S. Um, he's like a queer artist, and the stuff is just really funny. It's great, and I read every little thing he posts. And I think he's very talented and funny. Um, what am I loving right now? Um, I'm loving the fact that Living Single is on Hulu. Yeah, we are living hey, single. Ooh, the, the 90s, 90s kind of world. world. I'm glad I've got my girls. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm on season three. I'm working through them all. Oh, it's yes. been it's been great. A great little reminder of which Living Single character are you? I really feel strong connections to Max. Yes, I love Max. Ah, love her so much. Um, And so that's been great. That's what I'm loving right now. And then what's making me come, actually I'm going to be a little more, it's going to be like my emotional coming, if you will. Emotional coming. Emotional coming. Emotional ejaculation. Emotion. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's actually just a shout out to my friends. Um, Your friends make you come? Well, I emotionally, like emotionally, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, of, sometimes physically. Am I'm I sure. one of them? Yes, you are. What about sometimes Reed? physically. Yeah. Um, Reed is absolutely one of those folks as well. You know, there's just been a lot going on in my life. I've been very busy. Work has been madness, utter madness. And so I've really looked to my friends, um, and they've all been really supportive, even when I've tried to like run away um, and um, keeping me together. So they are making me emotionally come. Thanks, friend. Thanks, friends. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, what am I reading? Um, I was scared to tell everybody, but I'm reading a book called Witchcraft and Welfare. Yeah. And it's on um, spiritual capital and spiritual business in Puerto Rico. And it's really just about um, taking indigenous traditions, the development of indigenous traditions um, as kind of a commerce uh, factor um, in the Caribbean. So that's kind of what I'm reading because I'm a nerd. Hell yeah. And I like cultural, kind of anthropological stuff, even when it's about. <laughs> My people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not Puerto Rican per se. Right, right. The complicated piece. Um, <laughs> what do I love right now? Um, 
I don't know. <laughs> I th- okay, I love that it's spring in Denver. Ooh, and yes. I love that um, the snow is... I'm not a snow person. The snow is gone. My, we get spring snowstorms, so I know there's a couple of those coming probably down yeah. the pipe. But I'm loving that it's spring and the renewal. Um, and I don't know. It just feels like opportunities to me. And so mm. God knows I need them. <laughs> so, yeah, you and me both, I'm loving bro. spring. What makes me come... Um, God, I am an old fag. Take us um, there, girl. Take us there. I love a good cuddler. Oh, and I've had some good cuddles nice. recently. Yeah, yeah. Some good cuddles recently, and so um, people who don't like to, who don't cuddle, who like, who don't like, like physical connection for longer than like five, five, five minutes, or. <laughs> I don't trust them. Yeah. Right. They have a suspicious character. Yeah. <laughs> you should not trash. Hashtag trash. <laughs> yeah, so we're making me come as a good cuddler. Oh, I love it. And I'm like a 90-year-old lesbian, but... It's brilliant. I love a good cuddle. Oh, well, you're not alone, girl. Spoon me, baby. Spoon me. Let Big me spoon, spoon or little spoon? It depends. Ooh, My spoon spoon verse. I'm definitely spoon verse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love it. Reed, how about you? Uh, so what I'm reading is uh, Planet of Exile by Ursula Le Guin. And so I'll explain why I'm reading that in the next segment. And Ooh. then uh, what I love, I don't actually, I, I love might be too strong of a word, but I'm actually really enjoying living in Germany at the moment. Yeah. Um, and so like oftentimes when you first move to a country, you go through these periods of like euphoria to like com- like miserable depression and right. right now i'm at a very nice place where i'm like oh this is nice like it's it's not as stressful as the u.s it's it's but it's also like you kind of find certain things in a place that you live and eventually it starts to become more familiar and then it starts to feel like home okay so then uh yeah. what's making yeah uh, as your friend i'm making, glad to hear that that's happening yay thank you <laughs> Um, as your friend, concerned about your mental well-being. <laughs> no, we. Uh, I definitely am, because yeah. one conversation we had, I was a little concerned about you, so I'm <laughs> glad you're living in Germany. Well, no, it's, it's like, luckily I've done it before, like, lived in another country, but it's still difficult. Okay, so, um, and then the last thing, what's making me come, maybe similar to Moises, this, this might sound weird to some people, but, um, uh, like, a forest, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but I like I'm I'm currently thinking about like planting new trees when I go back to the U.S. and I think that I have a strong emotional connection to the place that I do this at, um, and so I guess it's making me come not necessarily come but just feel like a, a a strong emotional thing that you can't articulate. Oh, I love that. You love planting trees. I yeah. Feel like what kind a, of trees? I'm so curious. Yeah, Do you know yet? So there's a um, a monoculture of red pines that are growing, and they've been they were planted like 60 years ago. And I'm going to like sustainably harvest some of them, or like organize this, and then I will have them plant a combination of white pine and then sugar maple. This this is in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So shade tolerant plants that are going to be very good for wildlife and. Uh. Yeah, it'll be very nice. Look at you, Ranger Rick, restoring the forest. <laughs> Ranger Rick. That kind of gives me a heart. I know. The, Ooh, girl, I just had a moment over here. Forest <laughs> rest of sustainability. And all that wood. Ooh, red <laughs> maple syrup. My yeah. God. <laughs> no, I, actually, I might actually use some of the red pine to... Um, 
uh, build a sauna. <laughs> yes. So it's not sir. noble at all. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I'll do with it. I'm just gonna sell the red pine to buy more trees. But anyway, it will. Um, okay, you it. just ruined it right there. I totally lost my heart on selling the trees, but. Well, you have to pay to for that. the other trees. Like, I, I'm actually, I'm actually growing my own white pine, but like, it, it takes a long time to grow a tree. So, uh, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, you got like decades, girl. I've got a, just a tree over there. I've got oh, a tree in my house. Um, it's sweet. yeah. All right. So let's move on to our next segment, which is swipe right, left, swipe left. Yeah. So these are just things that um, we've seen that we kind of like can't let go of, or things that we saw were fascinating or interesting. Sometimes gay, queer, sometimes not. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, so I am. I deleted my Snapchat because Rihanna said so. Yeah, that advertisement was horrendous. Yeah. So uh, for those who do not know. Um, it, so Snapchat, they had one of the third-party advertisers put up something, and it was a kind of like one of those funny Q and A things. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, "Would you rather pieces?" And it was, um, "Would you rather uh, slap Rihanna hashtag violence against women oh, and the, or punch Chris Brown?" And so oh. it references, you know, that their DV scenario a few years ago, mm-hmm. which you know, Rihanna, like many survivors, is not like like many female survivors in situations has not talked a lot about it talked a lot about um and so rihanna definitely you know um um, via snapchat you know talked about how it was trash um and that basically said how snapchat should be a stream of themselves and um what i'm swiping the super like on Mm. is since rihanna like kind of dragged snapchat for that you know advertisement or that Mm. game on their on their app Snapchat has since lost $800 million. Yes. Their stock has plummeted, I think, um, as of today, about 5%. And so um, I am loving that, um, you know, that this badass black woman drug Snapchat. And um, they're losing lots of money around a very terrible, terrible thing. And so I deleted my Snapchat. Yes, because Rihanna said so, okay, because I live. Um, but Snapchat kind of sucks anyway. I didn't. I'm not liking the new thing. Or the whatever, new update is or awful. Whatever it is, but I think what I'm. It's a lot about celebrity culture, yeah. so I'm not sure how I feel about that uh, influence factor. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think I'm. I liked her response because she was like, she said that you know it's not about me. It's not personal. I don't have personal feelings about it. I'm just mad that this meme is making light. Of you know DV survivors and Literally. a lot of folks in DV or, or intimate partner violence um, don't make it out alive or mm. make it out period and so this is something that, I mean she almost didn't make it out alive shoot well, yeah right um, and so she definitely I was glad that she used her platform to like talk about um, the larger piece yes. around it and really brought us to the fact that like this was terrible and tacky and really disgusting yeah um, and I'm liking the fact that she drugged them and they are losing money for it mm-hmm. and so. I think I just like the fact that, like a you know, when a, that a black woman has spoken, yes. and this large company mm-hmm. that wants to control our lives is failing right now. Yep. So shout outs to like I don't know, listening to women, all women, all mm-hmm. the time, and shout outs to like badass black women who like yes. can drag these corporate folks who think they're gonna run us into the ground. Hell yes. So I'm slapping all the rights son. Yes. I deleted my Snapchat because Rihanna said so and Snapchat is losing money for it. I'd swipe right on that. Yes. yes. The power of Rihanna. <laughs> Caribbean yeah, girls can't right. be fucked with 
Yes. Um, so mine, I'll go ahead and jump in next. Um, so my swipe right is actually um, a little musician who I've loved for quite some time named Janelle Monet. Ooh. <laughs> um, and this is a definite swipe right. So just a little bit of background and folks don't know who, who Janelle Monet is. She's um, been, if you don't know, girl. Get into it. <laughs> yeah. She's life. Um, but she, um, when people have asked her about her sexual orientation, she's always talked about like androids or like didn't want to share sort of that information because it's for her to know, like, and you know, whatever, like you all don't need to know that. And so there's always been this like veil of mystery around, you know, mystery. Oh, well, I mean, we all got our suspicions, but so she put out this song, which is amazing. Like clear. I mean, she said, let the pussy speak. Yes. Um, so she put out two songs and I think it's really important to note too that she was being mentored by Prince and so the video that I'm going to talk about in particular is Make Me Feel and it's super like princey sounding mm -hmm. um, but also it features her with Tessa Thompson um, like all up on each other which is beautiful and this beautiful boy who I don't know his name oh oh, and then they're all dancing, dancing together Ooh, I'm having a moment right now just thinking about it. So it was just as it a it's a great song. B like, it really is a great oh, fucking song. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and then the music video is beautiful and gorgeous. Solange's husband directed the video. My husband, yes, Alan Ferguson, yes. did. I love him. Um, so it's just like this. I actually want to. Alan Ferguson is my mentor for me growing older with yes. Grace. I want to become. Alan oh Ferguson. yes. He is aging brilliantly. Yeah, he's great. Sorry, bud. No, 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 yeah. And so, um, and then so the last part being like, it sort of like unveiled this piece around her um, sexual orientation, even though she still didn't say anything. Like, it's still like, I mean, she said things with her body <laughs> and, you know, in the video, but. She had the see-through jeans. Yeah. Oh, the see-through jeans. jeans. And she's always like very, mo like modestly dressed, like very covered. And this video was like the first time that I was like, oh, body girl. Little, yeah. little titties out with the, like the diamonds covering them. I was. I I don't think about Teresa. I feel like breast out on men or women is the ultimate statement of class. Yes. And um, me and my friend Nicole, we have this between us, a hashtag called Titties Out. Yes. And it means that something is classy, um, liberated, and unapologetic. I love it. Titties so, Out. Yeah. Like Safari, their men and women, Nicki Minaj's oh, ex, he's yes. always like, I love the fact that he's always, has this, he's always topless in the mm. fur. And they have to like tape the little Maybe microphone to yeah, bare yeah. skin. Safari, he's um, S-A-F-A-R-E-E, -E, spelled that way. He's mm. Nicki Minaj's ex and whatever. Um, but he's always topless. And I love the fact that Safari is really into being a trophy man, yes. a trophy husband, a tr really a trophy wife. And he has a lot to trophy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I but, but bring it back to like men and women. Like yeah. Naomi Campbell is the ultimate titties out for oh, me. Yes. Um, from a woman perspective, and she is. Ooh, I'll, I'll say that for my next thing. And Safari is like the male version of titties out. I love so it. I support Janet Lane. Yes. I get interrupting you, but I no, it. no, no. I love the video so much. It was so. It was great. It was really. It was sexy. It was. Um, and you got the sense that when she is in her sexual dynamic with women, that she is a power top. Oh, she is in control. She's the dom in that situation. And you know I love a good dom top. Yes. Male or female. Mm -hmm. Gay, straight, <laughs> bi, sometimes on weekends, whatever it is. Yeah. I love a good dom top. And I saw it came through. Just certain like phrases in that song. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I know what you are. Right. Don't make me get like what I think one of the lyrics is like, don't, like stop asking questions you already know. Like, 
Something to that effect. It and made like, my nipples hard. Literally. Yeah, Janelle, Janelle Monet makes my nipples hard. Like, <sighs> intellectually. So oh, yeah. I mean, physically, like, and she can dance like a, I mean, a mate, like, she's just so talented. Yeah, it's actually a beautiful fucking video. Yeah, so well done. And I'm just so happy And I love her. the sexual, like, it's not, it's not in your face, but it's definitely there. Mm-hmm. But it's very, um... You can still watch it with your little nieces and nephews if you needed to. Uh, maybe your family. Well, yeah, I'm a little too free with that stuff. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, but shout outs, though. Um, despite whatever the intention was, I'm looking, I'm liking the effect of the video. And I yeah. showed it to a friend of mine. Um, and she is very, um, a cis woman, mm. cis black woman, another cool creative creator business owner like myself here in the city, but she's way better at it than I am. Oh, stop. Uh, no, she's more successful, but, <laughs> but she's my, a good friend. <laughs> and, um, she was she like, um, <laughs> yeah, she really does. <laughs> she really does. So I'll be trying to learn. No, exactly. But she makes food. I make other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... She was like, oh my God, I've never seen my sexuality represented before. Aww. And I was like, and so, you know, general, I'm not into like the, intellectually, I'm into the bi-visibility movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, Ali, I'm, I don't care. But I had a moment that when she said that, and she was really like, the tone in her voice was like, I've never seen my sexuality represented wow. before. It was really, I could tell that, and she's a grown-ass woman who's no, traveled yeah, yeah. all over the world and studied and all the degrees and all the things. Mm-hmm. But um, she said it, and I just felt like, even as a gay Jeez. man, I understood a little bit more about my own maybe privilege, because even though we were definitely a sexual minority, mm-hmm. um, Bisexuals get no screen time. Yeah, because they, they're not they're taken seriously a lot mm-hmm, of it. And so mm-hmm. I think for her to say that was like, it was, I was really aware of... Oh, I'm like clutching my pearls. No, That's the, so amazing. The importance of one of the many things that Jomine was doing in that video because she was she's a grown-ass woman who's like very cultured, very culturally oh. and spiritually and intellectually affluent. Brilliant. And she was like, I've never seen my sexuality represented before oh. and so well. Um, and so I just... It's just a Janelle Monet effect. It's just amazing. It's great. What she does for the movement, for for, the, for political movements, for all of things, and now for um, her being really unafraid and, un, and unapologetic about, you know, like her sexual politics being manifested visually in film. I was shout out to it. And so I learned to, you know, hug a bisexual man because they don't get, they don't want to get a lot of love in society. Yes. Well, and besides for me at night, but that's whole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. No kidding. That's a whole other podcast. Um, and just to, just to do a little plug for Janelle Monet, um, her album comes out on April 27th. It's called dirty computer, um, which make me feel will be on. So April 27th, y'all get ready. I am those two songs. She, she's bringing it. I'm Ooh. here for her. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Um. Read. So wait. So swipe oh, wait. right. Oh, clearly. swipe yeah. right. Swipe right. Yeah. Super light. I, I haven't seen this All video, it. but it sounds amazing based on your description. Oh we yeah. No. Read. Videos, I think you'd the love two it. songs. Uh, oh yeah. And I didn't even mention the yeah. other oh, one. Oh, uh, Django Unchained. Yeah. Django Unchained. Girl. She. So uh, good. Girl be rapping. Girl's a boss. Like I wasn't <laughs> sure how I felt about her rapping, but it worked. It worked for me. It worked for me. And then she like looks at a mirror in her vagina, like at her vagina. She said, "Let the pussy speak." Oh. I don't even got one. And I was like, yes. I'm, yes. Like, I'm like trying to do it with my butt, like with the mirror. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're disgusting. Kidding, kidding. No, I'm, okay. I, I, I did try. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you did. Reed was good. With your swipe left, swipe right. Um, uh, mine is uh, Ursula Le Guin. So uh, it's, oh, yeah, I don't yeah. really know if it's good for swipe right because she just passed away. So she passed away in January. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I don't know if you guys have you ever read anything by her. No, but I'm I believe you Googling told her me right about now. Her. Well, you don't have to. But um, uh, basically, she writes uh, like science fiction, or she wrote um, science fiction that's uh, influenced a lot by feminism and anthropology. And Ooh, yes. for a while, and she was probably like 90, so she was writing this stuff in like the 60s and 70s. And a lot of it is about people who are like, I guess it's, it's the, the books are like, it's, it's pulp fiction. So pulp fiction being like, it's not, it, it's like printed mass paperback, like popular culture books, but they're really good. Like there, she has some moments where she's like extremely, um, uh, translucent. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's a lot of clarity and, and, and you can see that she's a really smart and intelligent person. And, but a lot of her books, like these th- themes that she usually talks about are like people that are either outside of like society and they come in or Mm. um like people that are outsiders but that's not really it it's more it's their books about like failure but like people either like striving to perfection so like there's one that's called the wizard of earthsea it's like a science fiction fantasy book Um, i love it and it's about (laughs) yeah but it's about um, uh, how to kind of like this is it's about self acceptance basically, and and accepting like that people don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be perfect and you should just give yourself more. Um, Swipe right. <laughs> no, and and then there's a um, the other ones are they're usually about so there's one that's the the dispossessed which is i think a lot of people have heard of that one it's like an anarchist science fiction book so it's like a long story about this um other it's a planet because it's science fiction um this this um attempt for a society to uh live as like an anarchist society but it's not really about that it's more about like how to deal with like imperfection in society and how to how how to cope with like failed utopia. So it's like you have all these mm. ideas about like striving towards things. Either you you yourself are striving towards something or society is striving towards something and in your lifetime it will never reach the thing that you strive towards. So it's how do you accept that and deal with that? And so it's she's really great and it's it's too bad that um, she's no longer writing, but she has a ton of books, so there's a ton of stuff to read. Well, swipe right to her legacy, girl. Shoot. I mean, I'm going to preliminary swipe right, um, just based yeah. on your description in my yeah. Googles, and um, I like, I'm intrigued by this idea of an anarchist society. Hmm. Um, if, yeah, I mean, because... I know it's a sci-fi concept, but I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued, like... And so I'm going to swipe right because I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know me, girl. I'm always a fan of, like, science fiction for envisioning, like, a more just society and world. Like, I mean, because that's... I mean, the world of science fiction is, like, how we envision what our reality can look like. We We actually mirror our cultural development as Westerners, mirror science fiction... A, a lot. Yeah. I mean, technology definitely follows science fiction. Absolutely. Um, so science, so sci-fi is interesting because yeah. we, as a w- Western cultures, we always become the sci-fi novels. Mm. Um, and so in good and bad ways, I right. mean, we can look at a lot of things in the world right now on both sides of it. So right, right. We, sci-fi 
it's it's kind of like it's weird because sci-fi actually is fiction, but it but it's our oracle, right? Because Ooh. we actually become the sci-fi novels. And so, yes. what I like a lot is right now, and a lot of um, movements, um, counterculture movements, movements mm-hmm. about kind of restating, sustaining communities in the face of injustice and oppression, and the current state of politics, really globally, yeah. a lot of folks, and I mean, it's not just America; like across the world, are looking to sci-fi. Um, books as oracle as ways of a creative as a creative as a way to creatively imagine resistance as a mm, creative way yeah. to, to strategize for the future um, and so I, I think sci-fi is really super super important because technology Absolutely. mirrors yeah. science fiction and so I like um, and I feel like right yeah, now it, it does also is, go ahead oh no 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 it it um it also it kind of goes to this idea of like when you, when it, of, of it's, it's almost impossible when you hear a story, not to, not to find some identity in that story. Like if you want Mm -hmm. someone to be an engineer, then you should just, or a scientist, you should just have them watch Star Trek. And then they'll think that like, Oh, they'll see themselves on the show where they, they see that this is something that's like a future that's possible Mm. and it's optimistic. And, uh, and even if it's not, but it, it, it's it's it, it goes back to this idea, this idea that if you if you're able to see people on TV that look like you, or if you're able to read people in a book that have a similar situation to you, but it's just a little bit different, and you can explore what it's like to be just a little bit different, then you have a lot of hope or creativity in how you're going to live your life. Love it. Yes, I'm swiping right. I'm gonna swipe right as well. Look at us. Thanks. We like. We were so positive this segment. I know. We no swipe, swipe right, left. and we even talked about like the terrible like Snapchat thing, but still found the goodness in it. Oh. It reminds me that I'm not always jaded, bitter, and sad. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> still a little bit of hope in me. <laughs> still a little hoe in me. <laughs> Just the first two letters. <laughs> no peace ever. No peace. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. As in P and P. Oh, ooh, oh, no, no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah, the internet has ruined me from the words P, from the letters P and T. Yeah, capital T's. I'm going to swipe left on capital T's. Swipe one on capital G's, too. Gave me a really ruining the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, someone messaged me about Game of Thrones, and it was like capital G, little O, capital T, and I was like, what is happening there? Like, I was like, <laughs> I. I all of you are, this is like a heterosexual party I just got invited to, but what is happening there? <laughs> I, I just want to be prepared. I don't want to come in and it's like a meth den. I just wanted to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's so funny with this culture, like you, we, like, you can't even read the words and take them as they are because you never know what's behind them. Literally. And so you're analyzing like capitalizations and, oh my you know, like grammar and punctuations because uh. you never really know what to expect. Literally, swipe left on gays and what we've done to the to letters. <laughs> <laughs> gays should only be allowed to. We should only. Our community should only be allowed to communicate in pictures. <laughs> oh <Ooh>, no, <laughs> they be getting creative, girl. No, because all the gay men started following me after the episode where I talked about. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Nudity. I'm tired. I'm tired of gay men being naked all the time, and so. On Instagram, all the naked gay men started following me, and I felt like a sellout because some of you all have wait, very so, cool profiles. 
it, th- is yep. this a thing? Because I don't use social media. <laughs> so, like, is, is oh, uh, there are people on Instagram that are just naked? The thirst traps on Instagram? Is that what you're referring to? No, no, no. The, people on, we... the people on Instagram. <laughs> it's like yes. explaining something to your grandparent. So it's like, <laughs> the people Listen, are like pa, naked. Pa. <laughs> because he hasn't actually uploaded anything to his, to his Instagram in like the past three years. I think yeah. the last thing was like a feminist because it's rally a waste or something. Of time. Pre, pre, waste of time. pre-Trump election was a feminist rally. I think the last time he posted was on Instagram. Was that? So that was, yes. And then, some of yeah. us, some of us choose to follow some folks who get very close to breaking the rules on Instagram in terms of what you can post. <laughs> oh, I follow a lot of them who break them. That's how the screenshots are. And and they're gorgeous and fun, but some of it is like voyeuristic for me to sort of like, what is your life? I'm like, oh, you go to the gym twice a day, like. I, at first, it's like aesthetically, you're beautiful, gorgeous. I love this, but it's also like learning more about like this is how you live because we live very different lives. Um, this is the sacrifices you need to make for like a, a perfect body, or like right? Or that distance. I would never be willing to have someone who. Uh, it's good to know because then a, you're never going to dr- you're never going to do that because you're like, oh, that's not my life. Like, no, I know, exactly. I know, I know but I appreciate the aesthetics. Like well, here's a gag: as someone who, um, as, a, as a creative on Instagram, who also has my business page. Um, you know, when I do like paid promotional things, um, mm. you know, for whatever, they'll tell you, um, you'll post a picture that you want to be your pr- promotional piece and they'll tell you like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll analyze yeah. it through their system. And they tell you that like pictures with words, with a lot of words do not do as well. Uh, stop posting memes. Um, they don't and do as quotes. well for engaging your audience's pictures with fewer words. Mm-hmm. And so f- Instagram really is, it's about visual communication. And so words actually mean lesser engagement. Like as someone who pays to have their products and should advertise on Facebook, they tell you, take all those words out, girl, because people are not, people will ignore that. And so it's a visual game. So I definitely thought about like, do I need to be more butt-ass naked yeah. to get people to, not as a sell-out piece, I mean, but to get people to like, to engage audiences and to engage people into kind of what I'm trying to bring to the mm-hmm. the world. And so, I mean, like, we can talk shit about thirst traps and, like, you know, the vixens. Oh, no. And, the, I mean, and, and then the wolves and the foxes on Instagram. I'm here for but it. But that's actually what gives people attention. They don't care mm. about your words. They don't care about your feminist essay. Sex house. They care about, <laughs> yeah. You should do some videos of, like, people, like, putting the, um, the shade, like, all, like, in sexy places. Not, like... Oh, that's like why rules. you're going to be here for an hour longer. This oh, oh over, good to know. By the way, so I, I actually have plans for you. Oh. oh. You're a light-skinned Latino um, <laughs> who is thin, so that can make me money. So <laughs> that one. In this city in particular. Um, no, where are we at again? <laughs> well, so I just had one more yeah. swipe left, swipe right that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. So um, one of so similar to sort of Tinder, I know folks are more familiar with that. Bumble is another one where you swipe left, I swipe right. I thought Bumble was only for like straights. Well, yeah, the that's gays what are I thought too, and I was the like, gays this was are designed for straight people. So I'm not the gays are. The gays are colonizing the straight girls app? Yes, because... That's fucked up, because we hate when they colonize our apps. I know, with double standards. So sad. No privilege. But I do want to commend them, because after the the last mass shooting that happened in the United States, which feels like every other week... Um, it, literally, it literally is every other week in America. Yeah. Um, they, they actually Constant restricted... Constant reminder why I'm happy to not live there. Yeah, seriously. Good Girl, call. Don't, don't let me go in on Germany. Oh, yeah. Folks, stuff's been happening there. Germany has an interesting history. Yeah. 
Um, that's, that's actually why I'm here and I speak English right away. Anyway, that's true because of Germany. So, um, all that to say, so Bumble actually, after that last school shooting with all those amazing youth activists, um, they actually released a statement and told everyone that you cannot have photos of um, on your profile of you holding a gun unless you're like in military like gear or like mm. military service. And I'm just so tired of p- photos of pictures, people of pictures with their guns. And so it was really great to see like an app be like, <laughs> like, like, please block, like report this. We don't want this on our app. And I was like, yeah, cause it's trash. Um, in my opinion. But, um, so I just, I just really wanted to swipe right and commend Bumble for like, you don't know, Taking a taking a shot at the NRA. I don't know enough. I do about think it's kind of and and so a German person actually said this to me that it's kind of sad that like this is how we can ex- this is the only way that we can express ourselves in a democracy is by boycotting companies instead of actually changing laws because we're like well we're not going to be able to change laws so we'll just boycott companies. Well, and that's the capitalist model, right? That's, like the that's market not the will. Only way. That's what we've been taught. Yeah. That that's what we accept as empowerment is boycotts. Mm. We don't accept it, as it, empowerment like not, actually it, strategizing on like how we use our dollars. We don't. Yeah, because it's effective. We don't. I don't think the. It, it's not the most effective. I don't think the boycotting is really effective. We've seen corporations change policies. And well, I'm lying because I just talked about Rihanna. <laughs> so I'm gonna shut up because I'm a big uh, hypocrite. No, but I, I I agree with you though, Maurice, is that like if we were to change laws and policies, there would be a far larger impact than this corporation and this corporation deciding not to sell guns. Meanwhile, you can still go to this like you know gun show and buy all the ridiculous like assault rifles you want. I'm I'm really I'm, I'm gonna stop right on this conversation right now because I want. I, I'm talking about America. Sorry, I we're want, in America, and guns I want is white folks. I don't apologize. I want white folks to get around gun control issues because, oh, as a black person, I've been going to black folks, black teenagers have been talking about gun control laws since my whole life. Literally, um, I've been going to rallies about this, and so um, I think I'm excited that the conversation is being picked up by a larger, wider audience because apparently in this country they don't listen to things unless of white people say them. Yeah. Um, and so we've been talking about gun control for years. Yep. We're in my community, so I'm glad that people are being taken seriously in another in the one time that I will and I almost don't want to say this, I feel like it's almost offensive to my ancestors that I agree with Trump was him looking at some gun, gun control lobbyists and, and, and him kind of reading their kind of reading them for their contradictions mm-hmm. um, around pieces. And so it's like the one time that I... You can give him a moment. I don't even want to say the whole sentence. It's okay, because he like took it all back in the end, but... Oh, he did? Yeah, like he's a shit. But, I mean, he has moments. You're like, oh, maybe you're not a terrible human being. Oh, okay, just kidding. You were just saying this. <laughs> I need some more sake for this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we really try not to talk a lot about Trump on this podcast because it's, it's just to. sad. This is, no, when I and first like, came to Germany, I had this, like, when I first came to Germany, I had this moment where I was really happy and I couldn't figure out why. And I was like, oh my God, this is <laughs> the way I was before the election. <laughs> Or like even before that, you're like, oh my god, society can be functional, and people, and like Literally. politics can work, and like in a sense, like yeah. there's some representation. It's a mess over here, girl. There's not terrible corruption. Huh. Yeah, it's it's intense over here in the states, and I mean, I think it's intense everywhere. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to like 
being imperialist about like our problems are the worst problems. They're the only problems that matter. <laughs> the world. But um it's I think it's the first time Americans have really had to deal with like a president who is such a Do you know mess? what I realized? I this is sounds this Maybe is such, not the first time. Such an imperialist whatever. Um I, after Trump got elected, I was like, I am no longer talking shit about anyone's country. <laughs> right. And anyone's politically corrupt government. Be humble. <laughs> I was like, I am going to shut my mouth and say nothing about any government or any country's history or political mm-hmm. structure in the world because of what the hell just happened. Look at where I'm at. We are all the same. <laughs> I hear you, sis. I was reaching out to friends who come from, you know, like extensively corrupt countries. Like, so... How do you call deal with this? <laughs> like blatantly, <laughs> proudly corrupt governments. How do you all survive? Teach me the ways. I need to know now. <laughs> Literally. Literally. It's crazy. So I don't know what I'm stepping right to, but fuck Trump. Swipe right to that. Yeah, or swipe or... left to yeah. Trump. I mean, no. Left is no. Le- okay. <laughs> Decline. <laughs> Anyways. All right, cool. So I, does anyone know have another so. swipe right, swipe left? No, I'm good unless y'all are. Okay. Um, so let's good. move on to the, to the main topic. Yeah, and so um, as you may know from uh, episodes past, if you listen, um, we usually do a health and wellness section oh, yeah. following the swipe right, sep- swipe right, sw- swipe left. Um, and so this time, since we're going to talk about gays and mental health, we decided to just combine the health and wellness segment with our monthly topic. Yeah. So, Maurice, why don't you kick us off? Tell two us a little about one, the topic. Two for one, girls. Um, so we're talking about gay mental health. And so um, I definitely kind of have... When you look at kind of like what's out there, talking about gay men, gay cis men, at least, let me be specific, because we're a lot of, posting is a lot of different types of men, but gay cis men um, in mental health, there are definitely certain things that are definitely consistent and the same. And I think as a gay man, it can be definitely very nauseating to talk about like politics of loneliness in the community or or beauty standards or um, really gay men having to like, you know, like realize that they're... Is a chip off their male privilege. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what a lot of the gay mental health stuff is about, as, a, as opposed to certain other things. But I found one article in particular, um, and it talked about uh, gay men and the need to prove ourselves. There are so many gay men who really need to prove ourselves to a larger society. And so it definitely stuck with me because I thought about, like, I had a, for once, I think, think about, like, the ways in which, like, is this, is this true? Do we have a need to prove ourselves, um, you know, is this straight or is this just, you know, BS? And um, thinking about my own self and kind of like my need to prove myself to society or kind of like what I bring as a gay man, like kind of what are my defenses or what do I feel like I need to let people... Um, know what, like, gives you value or yeah, agency I definitely, in the world? Yeah, it, it definitely, it stung for me. I think about it for a couple of days and I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I definitely do have... And I don't want to say it because I think how I envision myself is like this, you know, transcendentally, you know, at peace, you know, man. It's like so evolved, <laughs> you know, butterflies and sheep everywhere or something. And he I is think, most days. I actually don't like sheep at all. But <laughs> <laughs> Not a big fan of sheep. Um, but um, yeah, I have it. I have a, mm. I have a thing about proving myself. I, I carry that thing on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely battle, I say this, um, there is no gay man alive who does not negotiate internalized homophobia. 
Absolutely. Period. I don't care where you are, what your life is like. How proud you feel. Right. What kind of perfect ass, you know, Caucasian P-flag parents you had, allegedly, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, P-flag parents. Sorry. No, because like white really? upper middle class parents who belong to P-flag are seen as the ideal gay parents. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that because I work with a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, delightful can be a little annoying, but delightful. I have the inside tea. Like, yeah, it's not all roses. No, but... um. Let me get back. Let me quit being shady. <laughs> um, every gay man negotiates in terms of homophobia. Yeah. And what you do with it, what place it occupies in your life on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis, you know, is really about who you are as a man, as a human being, right? Mm-hmm. And what type of work you've done internally or what type of work you're committed to as a human being who's committed to health and liberation, right? Yeah. But yeah, I have a thing. I mean, and oh, yeah. I know I'm talking a lot right now, but I think like my thing is certain stereotypes around gay men or certain imagery of gay men that honestly resonate with me. I definitely carry into the world like I'm not that gay. Right. Uh. And so, yeah, gay men mental health. And so it's really about like, do you, do you feel the need to prove yourselves why or why not? Well. And I do. And I want to tell you my why later. No, yeah. Well, and I guess for me, like, it immediately makes me think of sort of even my childhood, and it's very much tied to gender, um, and not, and maybe not even necessarily my orientation, but my sexual orientation, but in particular, like, there's this very specific quote I remember from my grandfather growing up, which um, he always tried to get me to mow the lawn, and I, I was not an outside kid. Oh, God. <laughs> I was. I know. I tried to Were get you... you to go camping one time, and it was. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I mean, glamping. That's, that's also race. I feel like white people love camping more they than do. people of color. No, this is what happens when you grow up in Colorado and you like, and all, all of your friends are white. Like, I, I, um, like, like I, I had a friend who was visiting and he was black and my dog was in the back of the car and the dog, like, and he was sitting right next to me in the passenger seat. And the dog came up and like started to lick his face, and he was Ew. like, "What do I do? What do I do with this? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do." Because like you just assume that like everyone goes camping, everyone loves dogs, and then you realize that no, yeah, people, white, white, white folks. People. I mean, I you all have a very your commitment to animals is amazing, deep, deep. Um, so no, yeah, I mean, okay, it, yeah, it, back on. There's definitely some like cultural differences in terms of the ways that we do things, but like, so these are like my grandfather was trying to get me to do manual tasks outside, like mow the lawn. You were one of those rake the stuff. Gay boys. I and so mind you, I'm like seven at this point, seven ten between the ages of seven and ten, and I was like, Grandpa, no, I don't want to do that. I want to stay inside. I'd rather just be in here and like whatever. And with the girls, with the with my grandmother in the kitchen. That's where I wanted to be. And so my grandfather literally like looked at me and he was like, "Well, you better do really well in school, so that way you can get a desk job." And you did. And I did. <laughs> but like that quote like resonates with me so much because I, in terms of thinking about my gender, I've never been able to perform masculinity well. Um, and so in, in thinking about how do, what do I need to prove to the world? Because I knew that masculinity was never something that I was going to be able to do well. I found myself diving into education and being like the smart kid, if you will. I'm using air quotes. You can't see that. But, um, like to be the, cause I ain't that smart, but, um, to be like the smart kid in class. So that way no one could drag me. Like they, you mean they could clock me for being like a femboy, but my grades were better. My GPA was better. And they knew that. And I was happy to share that. And so 
And, and even though that like that oppression or that feeling was like terrible, it actually ended up being really good for me because it motivated me to go through college and all that good stuff for better. For yeah, worse. but maybe you also just wanted to like spend all of your time in a kitchen Inside. making food for a family. <laughs> And oh, like, I wasn't making the food. It. I was just I was gossiping. Like, with- it wasn't that because this girl cannot cook. <laughs> I cannot you cook. Go into a panic attack when food prep appears in oh. your life. I've seen it many times here in my house and elsewhere. Ha, 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 ha. No, like I and really, I was there for the gossip with <laughs> a cheeseburger with my grandma. Like I just love to chat and talk indoors. Reed, you are being very good and affirmative, but I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, no, I am not a cooker. This girl does not cook. You mm-hmm. No, no, I was, I was, I was curious. Um, yeah, eventually I'll get into. Well, no, it's 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 interesting because um, I was so recently both of my I became an uncle for like both of my. Like twice. You're yeah. a gunkle. A gunkle. A gunkle. Yeah. Congrats. I recently became yeah. one like two years ago, so it's okay. still fresh. But, oh, I've got um, many gay. Yeah. But my stepbrother, my stepbrother and my brother just had kids. And I wasn't really sure how and, and like I wanted to I wanted them to have some sort of like they don't really have uh, I wanted to like <laughs> Give them a what book where the book could do the work for me of explaining gender, <laughs> but I didn't actually have to go and like hold you their hand so and talk with them. Middle class Anglo-Saxon. There's actually some coloring yeah. books no. that you can use. To, you can <laughs> gift them coloring books. That, yeah. Wait, okay. wait, wait. You wanted? To, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You wanted to give them a book to show your because to be the uncle. No, you, to de-invest from gender stereotypes. Exactly. And so Girl, the book what? that I gave them was called Gender Born, Gender Made. And I actually read this book because... Oh, you gave it I, to the adults? I gave it to the adults. Yeah. Oh, see, I give up on the adults. I just, I go for the children. I'm like, I know, here's this they, activist coloring book. Don't, I mean, you read yeah, it. Yeah, but Don't then they want me to be it. like open with them. And I'm like, if you want me to be open with you, then you can either listen to my podcast, which I'm not even that open on. What is your or, obsession with gender? Because you are such a classically cisgender male. No, but, but, no, but this honestly, is interesting. Though, but this is why, this is why this, this topic is, is interesting. And this is why parenting and child rearing is so gendered. Yeah. And, and so like, obviously I spent a lot of my childhood in a forest and like, there are a lot of men in my. What family. are you? Wait. They're, what do you nail? What do you mean in a forest? He was a Narnia girl, <laughs> like on a farm. <laughs> you come from Doing, a farm. Okay. Yes. I didn't. I didn't know that about you. And I spent. Okay. Like wait wait with, with like 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 with donkeys and shit. No, I spent a lot of time outdoors. And I don't want to fight this with you right now. I'd rather just continue what I'm saying. <laughs> I spent a lot of time outdoors. We need details. Um, no, but but you receive like you receive uh, what Moises just said from like, like growing gender up. Gender policing receive, messages. Yeah. No, gender yeah, yeah, policing or like cues on on how you're supposed to behave. And with uh, so it was it's. Anyway, I wanted to learn more about this. So I wanted to learn more about gender just because, like, granted, I like to do some things, but I also like to do other things. And it's hard to do the other things when they're not, like, socially acceptable. And it's especially difficult sometimes to, like, do things that are gendered, but for the other gender, especially if like, people consider you to be Like, what things? Cisgender. Can I get an example? Yeah, like, as, as, like, as I just, an adult, what do you mean? Like, basket weaving? 
Oh, I'd love to learn that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, I used to do that with my mom. No, oh, I used to do that with my mom. I used to do it with my grandma as a kid with, with the sweet grass. We used to, okay. Oh my gosh, I feel denied of an experience. <laughs> okay. But um, no, and it's, and it's interesting because I'm, like, I'm like, no, I need to continue talking or else I'm not going to be able to say anything. Um, no, but it's, it's interesting because now it's, it's like, I, I feel kind of like embarrassed by it, but I don't really know why, but it, it was just, it's, you, you kind of like feel like you need to hide this behavior for some reason. Mm. And, oh. and so this book that I was reading that I gave to my brother and my stepbrother, it's by this lady called Diane Ehrenzaft, but she's, uh, I think she's Jewish. She's from California. Um, mm. But it, her last name is, is Jewish or German. But um, anyway, um, I, was, I was reading her book, and she talks a lot about gender, and she's a um, psychologist, so, uh, or a psychoanalyst to be specific, which is surprising because I don't really like psychoanalysis, but I'm not going to get into that. But... Um, she just uh, talks about this framework that people use, and she's a counselor for families that have transgender children. And it was interesting because she has to create this framework, which she then uses with parents to talk about the gender of their child. So a true gender of a child, the false gender of the child, and then the gender creativity of the child. The true gender of, of the child is like something that they're born with. The false gender of the, the, child, of the child are what? the expectations that society. The false gender. So they're the ex. This is a this is a very. I kind of want to steer us back to the topic a little bit because this is a very sticky topic, and I definitely am. I have a okay. lot of feelings about no, but gender but, politics and children and how children are raised, and I understand where the movement is right now. Um, no, but so I'm using this because this I mean, is it's, how it's, I think. Like, I, I will say this. It's, a, compli- it's, it's a thick, complicated in- topic, right? And I kind of think we need to save this for another episode because it's, it's a lot to take on. My gay childhood. <laughs> no, my no, gay childhood. And I, and, and, and my I def- gender and, childhood, And I definitely, actually, like, as someone who definitely um, learned early on that I was a failure at performing normative masculinity mm-hmm. and as someone who is consistently, even as a grown-ass adult above the age of 30... I'm like barely above age of thirty. Um, I'm consistently re- reminded that I am not passable as masculinity. Mm-hmm. I mean, as masculine, um, or that my masculinity is questionable at, at best. Um, I understand it, and I'm here, definitely in support of gender nonconforming children and their needs, and our need to reimagine ourselves as a world. Mm-hmm. In order to accommodate them and raise them in environments that are supportive and safe, I think it's a complicated topic. No, it's um, huge. It, it is complicated, and so like I, I mean, what's interesting about but and, it's the and foundation. This, and this, of... and this, 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 this go back to that need to prove ourselves yeah. because the when it comes to men, and I would probably say for all gays and queer folks, but with men, I always say like the question or the threat isn't the fact that we're like gays. Or the, the the first tier threat is the fact that we like love other men. It's that gender piece. Mm-hmm. It's that piece around us being too Acting. feminine. But this is what I was for, talking for the about. I don't understand why so, we're not talking about this anymore. Well, because I was just afraid of us going and talking about like the politics of like gender and children and child raising, and I'm like, I I have a lot of strong feelings about that. But, and I but guess, this like, is I'm why I'm not it's into like gender. Like, I guess about... like I'm critical 
of folks erasing gender from their children. And that's um, not what this person is doing. Gender from their children. I this person is talking about how to allow children to like explore their own gender, but that's not the reason why I brought it up. I brought it up because it talks about a framework for talking about gender and mm -hmm. sure you can reject the framework. It's psychoanalysis. And a lot of people don't like that anyway, but it's, it's Ooh, a way to think me. about I love it. how it's a way to think about, um, the effect that other people's normativity has on you and your gender, and then how you act on those things throughout your life. Which is the topic of the pot of the show? No, definitely. That's not the topic. But well, I actually like what you're saying. No, I'm curious. Like in terms of we said that just now, um, I'm curious more about your story. Like, how do you feel like your own? Have you felt like you were ready to prove yourself as a gay man, or compensate for being gay to like show your agency or to prove that you were important or valid in the world? I need to take a break. Sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, Reed, we were getting juicy. Okay. I'm here for conflict, Reed. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of conflict. No, no, because conflict is, is, is necessary. Yep. Like, you learn more from conflict than confluence, right? Mm -hmm. Like, conflict is a part of, like, growth yeah, and change. So, okay. and yeah. If you want to talk about conflict, why did you shut me down when I, started talking, when I started talking about childhood? Because the point of this show is, like, it's not that I'm going to come on here and, and pretend like I'm a psychologist and tell people how they should live our lives. It's important to actually give oh. people, like, resources that they can use to then, like, if they go to a therapist, be like, hey... I heard about this. What do you think of this? And I mean, I, think I, said like, just a, I, I said it just a minute ago, which was I was afraid that we were going into, because I felt like we were spending some time on, like, parenting techniques. But what I appreciated... Yeah, you were just triggered and, by and it. I am excited. I definitely was, was triggered by it, because I spent a lot of time... A lot of, a lot of conversations go that way, and I'm... Mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, but what I liked about your pushback was that you reminded me why you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking brilliant on your part. And I was so excited, but you want to take a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm excited about when you're done with a break or when you take a break and come back. Because I, I just thought that was a good moment, like when yeah. you pushed back on air to me about, like, why are you trying to shut me down? I, I love it, was, it when you call out Maurice. <laughs> no, I thought it was, and I could take it. Like, I was, it was, you were, I was brilliant. Read, like, I... I'm listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Still Recognizes yeah. the mistakes and... <laughs> this fine. Take it out on me on the air, daddy. Like, I, I yeah. slap me while we're live. Ooh, tell me how I did you wrong. <laughs> oh, put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think anyone is disagreeing with each other at this point. I mean, really, the just to like crystallize, I think the last couple uh, comments is really just about... I, I think we could all agree that gender policing has an impact on mm. how we see ourselves as gay men or how we see ourselves, our value in the rest of the world, um, particularly as, as femme gay men or folks who are more feminine or enjoy feminine things. Um, and how child rearing and child raising was impactful on that. And we carry that with us going forward, right? So like even mm -hmm. now in my adulthood, I'm still dealing with those moments of internalized homophobia around the gender policing I experienced as a child. Yeah, for sure. And then that's, that's, 
and that's the heart of, and I'm curious what Rita has to say, that's, that's the heart, I think, of my the need to prove yourself piece, because mm-hmm. what I'm haunted by is, and I call it the gay-ass Antoine syndrome. <laughs> Granted, I am not a, I only attempted a BA in psychology. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it's not a real thing. I'm just like, y'all know that. And I can, I can be clear about my educational uh, level of accreditation or whatever. Um, but, you know, in terms of the super femme, super the hyper visible, super flamboyant, mm-hmm. um, also unapologetic, mm-hmm. fierce, and probably the most resilient and strongest part of our community, I'm always, I think, haunted by that image because I feel like that's what I'm expected to be. And because, like, I am, I in my natural state am not um, as femme as that kind of archetype. Mm. And I definitely kind of have this piece around, like, what is, seems to be most palpable to gay society is the gay man that is the purse to the heterosexual woman. Mm. And as someone who is not that, who is not yeah. interested in that, um, I'm definitely. I have a level of defense that I negotiate whether or not it's healthy or not. It's so terrible when you. It's terrible when you feel like you don't fit into one group, and then you're like, oh, "Okay, well, I'm gay, so I'm going to go into gay culture." And then it turns out that you're also rejected, or you don't. You're expected to conform for that group too. Mm-hmm. Like, like even like when we were in Puerto Vallarta at the Bear um, Festival. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I wasn't I wasn't gay enough for <laughs> I the was bears. The like I needed to be like I needed to be both like materialistic and flamboyant, but then like, uh, but I it was weird. Like I just couldn't really be myself, or else people were just like, "Oh, you're straight. You need to like, like wear a tighter shirt or something." It was very weird. Yeah, I guess I'm curious about that because that um, that's I've never had that experience only because I am so like. You are, you are gay ass Antoine. I am gay ass Antoine. Like I am visibly a homosexual, which, which I'm fine with, but I, but I guess I'll also say it took me a lot of time to find the power in femininity to, um, like in, in terms of like Antoine, right? Like to be able to be like, oh, actually like, oh girl, no, like femininity is power. Like I'm going to shade you. I'm going to read you. I'm going to like, do you think that Wait, I have to speak for the straight girls now? Do you think the femininity is being shady and reading people? No, but I think it's a tool that we use to combat patriarchy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so yeah, I, so it, it always fascinates me when like, because I do have several friends, not not just his name you read, but several friends who are a little more masculine, and then when they aren't in gay spaces, like really struggle with like folks think I'm the straight person here, folks like don't talk to me like because I'm not like. Rainbow flag and, and full confession and can full confession read. When I first met you, it was at a, a bar on South Broadway, and um, I was with Moises and Angel. It was that crazy night of all oh, those yeah. things. It was an interesting straight night for us. Um, but I heard you guys talking. You're like, oh, I want to, you know, do things. Da, da, da. And I was like, I didn't see you. This is my judgment. My judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to own that. I saw you as like. He ain't really gay. He's like a straight boy that just likes, you know, a little... Likes a little dick every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but this is... This is like, why... Judgment no, this is, was erroneous, and it was all about gender performance. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it's... I'm not really going to complain about it, because you get all the benefits of people thinking that you're straight, so... Um, Teach true. me the ways. But, I want the benefits. But there are... Like, I guess I, I, guess I just want to say, like, I do feel for... Like I feel, I feel for that experience. Like there's some, yeah. like, 
because be, because I've talked to other like um, straight appearing, straight passing gay men, and it's actually like really detrimental to their like. Oddly health? enough, my friend Costa, yeah, like he has baggage because people always think he's straight. Right. He has like all this weird like because when he goes into clubs, gay clubs, they always. Yeah, but people just him. do that to flirt with you. That's what I figured out right away. Is people just no? Want they to won't like... let him in. They're like, you do know this is a gay club, right? Like they think he's like the straight boy that's gonna flip out. And he's yeah. like, I'm here because I like dick. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or it just they means do, or that, they don't it means that that's attention. not the place for you. So right, or I mean, I've had several friends who are like, Moises, I go to the club with you, and no one talks to me because they think that I'm your straight friend who's long for the ride. And I'm like. Well, girl, I could be your pride flag as much as I as much as I can, but you know, there's only so much I can do to say the girl ain't straight. Like, um, so you know, I I, I want to I I definitely I, there's space to acknowledge that that experience doesn't feel good and and shouldn't happen in our community. I do want to circle back to your point um, when you're talking about kind of like the reasons why you were giving while you're passionate about gifting your nieces and nephews those books about gender um, politics, I guess. Did they read them? I'm curious. They're parenting books, but yeah. Did they read uh, them? They said How? they did. I, I don't think that they will, but I think they said they will. <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah, that you no, did it's, it, it's like, Yeah, well, I'll probably talk with them about it, and then my brother will be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Let's go shooting guns. And I'll be like, no, I don't want to go shooting guns and I don't want to go snowmobiling. That's not who I am. Let's weave anyway. some baskets. <laughs> I'm going to weave baskets with mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, alone. so I haven't weaved baskets since I was probably like nine years old, right? Hmm. And with my grandma, I don't know that basket even has anything to do with me as a gay man. Hmm. Well, it, I mean, it's like a feminine... It's more gender than it is. See, for me, it's cultural, though. That too, because well, yeah. like it's a it's yeah. a it's a piece about like southern yeah. living and southern culture. Yeah, that like we were definitely taught that like if you want to be anybody in the world, you, you need to like not be country. Mm. You need to not be southern. Mm. You know what I mean? You need to like or not be rural southern. You know what I mean? You need to like you know basket. this or at least not appear. Yeah, else. like yeah, don't let nobody know you fucking you know taking the grass and making you know plates out of them. You know what I mean? Like it was a thing. So yeah. oppression. Sucks. I have to think about it now as gender. Cause I, I think about it as culture and race. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you want to be anybody, if you want to go anywhere, if you want to raise class, yeah. right. If you not want to, if, if you don't want to be like your grandparents live in that little shanty in the forest, mm. you need to like quit that basket weaving shit and, and like learn to do what elevate. basically what white people do. Well, and I mean, in to my grandfather's credit too, I mean, I could, to go back to that story where he was like, well, you better get a good job. That was honestly their hopes and their dreams for me. It was like, well, girl, we know you ain't going to be doing manual labor. So uh, evolve, evolve our family, evolve like the culture. And so part of it is also around like class elevation and yeah. all of those pieces as well. Do you feel like a failure though and for that narrative since you're not straight though? Because, no, 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 I mean, in the sense of, like, child-rearing, I mean, uh, gays have kids, but, like, the, do you... F- like, in amongst my family? I want to continue this question, but I feel like I fucked up because I said, do you feel like a failure? No, 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 no you didn't. Because, I, because there are times in my family where it does become very difficult to connect because I don't have the heterosexual trajectory or... 
um, experiences that everyone else in my family is having. Um, and okay, so I'm using that very generally. There's lots of gays in my family, particularly all my siblings. Um, all but one. Um, all but one. <laughs> Wait, all but one? Uh, I mean, my sister's bi. She is? Yeah. She's a gay. I don't know if she was a gay. Yes. She dated this girl named Lala for a long time. Oh, wait a minute. You're a real <laughs> lesbian if you're good with a name with Lala, because Lala's are always bisexual. Oh, I, it was short for Leticia. That girl had a tight braid all the way. She was a stud. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good stud. Um, and so, and my brother's very gay. He's a long-term male partner. I mean, to make him gay, I said male partner. Um, <laughs> But, um, but even, I mean, even through that, like, you know, my sister has a kid, like everyone has kids now. And it, there is this piece where I'm like, I, this is not With my everybody life. Everybody in your family has kids. It, it definitely reminds you that you are a homosexual. Right. Like my life looks different. I do different things and it's hard. To relate. But, exactly. There's hard to, it's hard to have some conversations about like all these things. And then, and, and read also, I'm, I, I asked about your family because I'm curious because I always try to like subliminally like put these like you know gender liberation like whatever messages into the child and like talking to my you know my family or whatever but like it's it's always interesting sort of getting the pushback or the the feedback from them around like well what are you talking about that's weird <laughs> um and so I'm, I'm just I, I guess I'm just always curious about like that negotiation and what that looks like yeah, I don't. It 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 hasn't really gotten to that point yet. I they're pretty. Yeah, in their mind, I think they're pretty oblivious. Like, what are you talking about? Because they're completely wrapped up in like feeling satisfied that they have. They're they're very comfortable in their lives and yeah, and in a way, it's like if you don't have kids, and this happens to women too, um, and mm-hmm. I guess men, but um, if you don't have kids. Then people are like, "Well, what is your white life worth, or something? Or how, no, how are you going to like, you are prove so yourself?" Right. So true. I talked to my aunt about this, and I secretly discovered she's planning to move to Italy in two years. But Ooh. I know I was like, "Girl, that goes along with so much with my wife plan. You've advanced my life plan like so much." I'll visit um, you in Italy. Yeah, because you can be my visa sponsor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, I talked to her, and I was like, "People who are the family of gay folks." have a coming out process too. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They need to accept the fact that they are the aunts, uncles, p- parents mm-hmm. of gay folks and understand that like life may look differently for them for that reason. Absolutely. And I talk about this piece around like childbearing, how that changed your dynamic and how that changes your dynamic, your ability to relate within a family. And even my family is very, we're very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but how that piece, and I was like, I don't, I was like, straight people with kids talk about, like, kids, schools, where the kids are going to summer camp. They talk about refining their home. The most I can usually talk to them about is what dog parks we go to. And, I, <laughs> and that's just because I got a dog. And I, and I got a cat. And I also have to be very conscious as a gay person when, when um, people are talking about their children not to talk about my dog. Like, not to make comparisons. I have to make a conscious effort, which is... Maybe that's very important. <laughs> Not bring like your dog talking about their kids. Well, but you know, it's like the only like speaking of like experiences that are like relevant to me. I'm like, oh yeah, my dog is kind of like that, and, I'm, and then I want to tell a story, and I'm like, oh wait, dogs and children are different. Yeah, they would cut you out, <laughs> my family, for that. Yeah, it happens a lot. So I have to actively work to do that because I'm trying to find commonality with these people, right? Like I'm trying to like be sociable and like have a conversation, but I don't have any experience with no kids. 
Yeah, it's a, and so I, I was telling her that, and so she had a moment. And my Aunt Mary is my relative. Mary. So she was like, that, that is a gay thing, whatever. She's like, I want a 20-year-old son who um, has no kids, so I accept the fact that I would never be a grandmother at all in my life. And I was like, trying to tell the difference between, like, I was like, well, the fact that, like, as a result of his sex, he could possibly have a child. <laughs> you could get a call one day, whether he's like, oops or yay. Right. <laughs> Things can happen. You could, you could get a call. Mine, my oops or yay is HIV. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, KIDs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Ooh, I wasn't ready. Oh. We could go there. But that's a whole other podcast as well. Um, it's true. But I think that's, I mean, that was my mother's reality when I came out. She was like, it, it like crushed her dreams of me having a family. And then she just saw me as someone um, living with HIV. Living with HIV. Is that yeah, she was like, oh, so you didn't have KIDs, you had HIV. Cool. You're like, you're like uh, mm, actually, neither. Those are different, and I'm not going to have either of them. Well, not neither, but that's but all. But neither until then, or whenever. No, but but if it, it happens, I'll be ready. But like, but yeah. I talked to my aunt. I was, you know, it was really about, like, this This is the disconnect, right? This is why, like, mm. who, you know, like, I love, you know, I love Cousin Carrie, because we, like, you know, just like to drink wine and kiki. You know what I mean? But there's a difference between, like, me and other folks. And, like, mm. I want to tell her, like, actually, girl, whatever your sense is bisexual, but that's not important for me to tell you, <laughs> by the way. And I'm not going to tell you how I know that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're not ready. Um, <laughs> but it's well, – I think what I carry on, I was in the family setting, is this baggage one that, like, there's a negative expectation of me because I'm gay. Hmm. And one of them is what a lot of us experience, and not that like living with HIV is a negative experience, um, or has to be, right. or by definition I mean, at a spiritual be, yeah. level is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like the idea, because with my straight with my family, who's mostly not all, but mostly heterosexual, <laughs> minus my grandma, my uncle, my cousin. It's um, really only my mother's children who are all the queers. <laughs> Everyone else in the family is very heterosexual. Do they I don't know my mom? What? Do, do they blame your mom? Probably. They're like, well, you moved up to the suburbs. and What do you expect when you move to the suburbs? <laughs> literally. Literally. There was one argument I was keyed into that was like, well, you moved them out of the north side. And now you got a bunch of sissy boys up there and this butch girl. And I was like, who? How? Dare? But, yes. With my Anyways, family, it's kind of like, yes. I actually happen to be... In my family, ironically, it is the straight person in the family that has HIV and not the gay one. This is irony. Um, is Which it, you think would like open their minds to... And I'm also single, right? Yeah. And so like, there's this whole thing like, I really want you to settle down. You know, settle down. I'm like, girl, like, I do yoga. I garden. Um, what a part, What about my lifestyle is like wild and untamed when it needs to settle down? Right. Like, I feel pretty settled. I just happen to be single. Right. I'm kind of like a 90-year-old lesbian. Like, I do yoga and garden. And got a cat. She's good, and girl. And a cat. And read poetry <laughs> and shit. A lot. And, and love ne- documentaries on Netflix. She's more settled than I. But I have <laughs> had that piece around um, the expectation of like that I'm queer or a gay man, that I have to be hedonistic and somehow like uncontrollable. Mm. And then there's that, and there's my general interests, which are things like, and this is not sexy and won't help me get fucked, but like that are about yoga and gardening and plants. You know what I mean? In the right community. But what my piece is, I feel like I'm always having to. Part of me feels like a failure because I'm not the popular concept of a gay man. I'm not like 
wealthy. I don't go to fabulous parties all the. Uh, I do go to some yeah. great parties, but not like all the time. You know what I mean? Like I don't. You're not a like, fun have... homosexual. <laughs> like my mom wishes I was a fun homosexual, but I'm not. Oh. <laughs> my dad's wife is disappointed that I'm not more fun. Every everyone's mom wants like a Will or a Jack. Because yeah, because <laughs> she 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 wants me to be, be the kind of gay that goes on gay cruises and like does all the like cute gay things. Like she wants me to invite her to like a gay cruise with her. Like that would be like the icing on her cake. Is See, to be, I'm like, terrible because I'm like I would totally do that. It's to be like a straight <laughs> mom on the gay cruise. She wants to, she wants that. Oh. And I cannot give that to her, so I feel like a failure in her eyes because I can't make her the like no but this is it's it's kind of as as i was listening to you guys talk it reminded me first of like moises's point when when he was talking about like straight acting gay men how they're like if they don't really fit in with society but if you ask me i'll be like yeah it's fine like that's just not where i really fit in and then if you ask me about like my family, I'll be like, yeah, my family doesn't understand me. So then I just find friends elsewhere and I'm not really able to be completely open with myself. Chosen with my families. Family. No. Oh, and then I'm like, well, that's just okay. But like, like you said, Moises, it actually has a detrimental effect on me if I can't like fully be part of gay culture or if I feel like an outsider and it, yeah, it totally has a, an effect on me when I, when I, it's, it's not good that I can't be open with my family, obviously. Like, be open as, a, as in, like, I don't feel pressure from them to do certain things with my life. And so I, it's just, it, it does, like, it, this completely does, like, build up inside of people. And I don't really know a good way to do that. But, yeah, you like, Maurice, you can tell your mom that you do yoga and or your aunt that you do yoga and, and you, you garden. But um, you're kind of just on the outside doing things that you hope that they'll see. I definitely feel like she's like, that's not, that's kind of like, I definitely feel like she wants me to be like the TV version of a white homosexual mm-hmm. or like, like you know, or a woman grace type of gay. Like mm-hmm. I feel like she's wanting that or she wants to like meet my like pretty thin, rich, like gay husband. You know what I mean? She's waiting for it. And I just, I'm a failure. That's a consumable homosexual, though. That. Like that's a that's a stereotype that is entertainment. Ooh. No, it's like that's Ooh. just for. <laughs> no, 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 it's so good. No, it's so good. You, you it, the, of course, of course, of you want your child to be like, uh, like yeah, an advertisement or like like something engaging. But anyway, the yeah. bad bitch of the gays. Well, and and to be honest too, so I've been in a relationship for nine and a half years, and. The biggest question for my family that they will never understand, and I've answered it like 40 times. The same one I have for you. Right, the same one Maurice asked me as well, but it feels a little different when my my family asked me. It's like, why aren't you all getting married? It's legal now. Well, before it was illegal, and so I could easily scapegoat that. But, and then like, because for them, the trajectory is you get married, you have kids, you buy a house, you like whatever. They're like, this is what is normative. And so... My family is really at odds when I'm like, well, I actually don't believe in the institution of marriage and um, <laughs> and what all this means. I mean, I'll do it for tax and finance reasons, but until it gets to that point, I'm good. So And so that's just a really hard reality, I think, for them to swallow um, because it is so divergent from where they are. And they've already done a lot of great work on accepting the gay shit. <laughs> um, yeah. that they're like, so you're going to... So but we're cool they? with the gay things... 
But you're so like one of the stores that I sell to, like one of the co-owners of the store, we were I was dropping our product there, whatever. Um, and she was talking about like things and she was like, you know, I think she was trying to hook me up with someone. She's like, So are you looking for, you know, boyfriend or and she asked me, like, are you looking for a relationship right now? Mm-hmm. And I laughed. I just busted out laughing. It was my first most natural reaction. It was to laugh. And she had the like one raised eyebrow look She's like, like what? what? Everyone <laughs> wants a relationship. Why wouldn't you want a relationship? Which is bullshit and effed up in society that we think Which, that we need someone else to and like. This is not like a gay politic, right? Right. We'll but get like, to this on another episode. But, but like as, clearly we need a part two. Read we're doing a part two next time. Okay. Um but you know, it was, it was that piece that I read. So she was like, I was like, I was like I'm not really like I think like relationships and the and the gay marriage pressure dry has driven gay men crazy. That's just my story, but that's a whole other episode. No, I got I got receipts, I got evidence. Girl, it's driven about me crazy, that. and so I'm I'm not into men who are looking for husbands. I'm into men who are looking to like connect with other men for partners for a team member. Be part of my team. That's a whole other. That's like we'll, a third we'll podcast together. topic. No, sorry, my mind. No, no, we could, but, but no, 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 no. But and so she was like distraught, and I was like, fuck. Once again, I'm not the gay man that somebody else wants me to be. Uh, I was like, fuck, I'm not the like earthy, you know, spiritual gay man who's just trying to find the right guy to get a husband. And I was like, eh, I'm just looking for like a consistent fuck buddy who's not going to bother me more than three times a week. And then when we get that established, we can go from there and see what the options are. And so she was like, I had this image, you know, like I have this company where I make all these earth based. You know, products and so the body and so good in the earth and the natural and the idea that it should be about marriage. I'm a gay man, so I should be all about like gay marriage. Yay, we won. We're gonna manifest our struggle. And I got invited to several weddings after gay marriage passed that never happened. (laughs) Pause. And how many of them right now are still married? Zero. Have the need to prove ourselves ruined the gay community, but it's kind of like I'm always. My shit around proving myself is like I'm always in relationship to like what straight folks, what their ideal or concept, the consumable gay, as Reed said, like whatever they have. And because of who I am, I feel like I'm never going to live up to the expectation. I kind of like have a receipt of consistently failing yeah. the expectation. Of I'm like, a gay who shops at a thrift store. I'm already failing. They only like us if we're taking them to Louis Vuitton or fucking driving up to Aspen and doing a thing. They're like, oh, let's go shopping, girl. And I'm like, yeah, at Ark, at Goodwill. We could do, we could have a moment. We could have an afternoon. I'm like, can we go to I don't even go to thrift shows anymore. People just give me free clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Reed, some of us struggle, okay? It's like, oh, buying clothes. I've never... I yeah, do, you, yeah. you want to pay your money <laughs> for the clothes? I've never <laughs> paid the money for the clothes. <laughs> Germany has changed you, girl. No, I'm kidding. Um, My waist size is in American. I am six foot one, 34-inch <laughs> waist, 32-inch in length. Yes. Now, I am a black man of West African descent, so I've got... So make sure there's some room in the back. Yeah. Lots of ass room. <laughs> I guess I, so I also, so I'm, and maybe this is the closing point. I don't, and you all can decide. But I, I think there's also some, some power in some of this as well. And some of it is like toxic. Like I've definitely I used. Like I envy, at this point in my life, I kind of in some ways envy gay men that are very consumable. Gay men that, 
who their image has been transported by capitalism mm-hmm. and marketing this way that like their concept is is doable. And as one of those gay men, like in presentation, if you actually get to know me, you're gonna be like, well, you're yeah, because po- politically you're not at all. No, but not by any means. And so, but like on the face for face value, I do get a lot of agency in being that like consumable gay. And I've used that to my advantage. I and and you know that's manipulative. And <laughs> for instance, when in you're in classes, sorry, when, for instance, when you were in classes asking like, what was it like, girls for the question? For, for you know, asking, okay, you, what is the story? Okay, what is the story? You're you guys are clearly talking about a story I don't know about. So there were several times in college where I was um, utilizing this toxic. Um, process to where I knew that I could get answers to tests if I complimented beautiful white girls on their purses and on their clothing and then asked them for the answers. And it worked very well um, for me, but at the same time, it felt like equity. Like, I was like, (laughs) I was like, you think I'm the stupid bitch who actually wants to go shopping with you? It turns out I'm not, and just using you for your answers. So, and I think this is a great closing for the both of you, and well, for three of us, I guess I'll answer the question too, is what do we do to build ourselves up when we do feel mm. that we're not meeting the expectation or we're not fitting in? Like, what do you all do? I think that, um, and this comes from like the most controversial gay documentary of era, Paris is Burning, mm. which has a lot to be said about it. I'm just going to say that. Um, which is, I think at the beginning, that beginning scene is that the reason why Balls were created was this idea of like being gay is political. I'm answering my question from the last podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in order to survive that, you have to be a bit activist And so, mm-hmm. when that, you know, um, when that old house mother Bush Queen said, opulence, you are everything, the world is yours, you own everything in it. Say that shit to yourself every single day because the way I look at us and the way I study history, I know for a fact that in many cultures around the world that it used to be religion to sit in front of a gay man. Mm-hmm. That it used to be a religion and still is. And to, to, have, to have a gender non conforming person bask your presence, that people would pray for, that it was an omen of good blessings yep. to have a faggot walk across you on the sidewalk. So, no matter what they say fortune, now, like... that we are omens of good fortune. So, I say to this very day that I am everything. Yes. I own all of you. Everything is mine. You cannot exclude me. Because from what I understand, that our ancestors believed that gays, that faggots, that swishy little boys, that boys who love to wear mm. girls' dresses were omens of good fortune. So I believe because of that, no matter what political whatever is in front of me, that I am the world. And mm. that as, as, hyper, as hyperbolic and as creative... Um, and is even some people might say non-reality based, but 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 not but my but my reality is not about the current set of politics that have been manifested to oppress us. Are that I do believe at the at the end of the night that I am the shit. Yes. That I am a blessing. That I am an omen of good fortune. That I am here. That I am a gift from God, science, or Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly what I believe at the end of the night. 
I'm just trying to figure out how to sell that or how to spin that shit. Yeah. No, totally. Reed, how about you? How do you build Oof. yourself up? We <laughs> <laughs> need, need like a moment. You're breathing hard already. <laughs> um, I, I'd say that. No, I, I. I like the reason why I do this show. That it's. I. Like I'm, I'm gay because it's it's how I think I can be true to myself, or it's just Ooh. who it's. No, it's it's it's. That's good. I so. feel like I'm actually being honest of myself with myself, and mm-hmm. and what I try to do. Like I used to, if I I'm a fairly introverted person, so what I used to do was. I would like think back on like mistakes that I made in the past, and I would just be like, "Fuck." And so, like, sometimes I would just be by myself in a room, and I'd be like, fuck, like, God damn it!" And I replaced that by just saying my name, <laughs> and it actually Ooh. really helped. Um, so I'll just say, like, Reed. And luckily, my name is, like, <laughs> it doesn't have any, like, sharp sounds in it or anything. <laughs> That's very calm. No, Reed. but it's, it's like you're doing Reed. this because you're doing this because it feels right, and you, it feels like you're being actually true with yourself and honest with yourself, and... Just give yourself a little bit of credit. Hell yes. What about you, Moises? Oh, God. I mean, it's a work in progress, I think. Um, as I posed the question, I was like, oh, shit, I have to answer this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, in just my quick thought, and maybe I'll have a, a, something more articulate to say, but I'm going to be that classic Chicano um, in America. It's still your man? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was not what I was going to say, but that happens. Um uh, actually I, I'm reminded to take a breath or to feel good about myself when I think about Frida Kahlo or I see her art in my house. Oh, cause she was, I mean, politically, her mind was brilliant, was, was, uh, not desired her, her brain. She slept with both Diego Rivera and Josephine Baker. And no one wanted and no one wanted to hear her speak. Mm. No one wanted to hear her actual and yeah. and remembering her story, seeing her art, I mean it's in my house and whatever, like reminds me that like, oh no, wait, I'm valid. I'm important. Just because I think these things and I'm a gay, it doesn't make me any less than those gays or those heterosexuals. Like I am a full person and folks should accept that. And if they're not willing to accept that, bye. It reminds me, this is not a queer theme piece but I know the artist is queer personally but it reminds me of the poet Christabel um, who um, one thing she does is she goes she's a performance poet performance artist performance mm. you, you know artist and she's a cisgender woman and she, she believes that like every name no matter whether it's like positive or negative for vagina for coochie is holy yes. and so she has a, a work called the 1001 name for coochie because she was that every name for coochie is divine yes. and so i apply that to gay men you can call it what they call it whatever you want i apply it to the gay men so i feel like every name for us is divine and so on the low i'm not as cool I as christabel i literally write down every new name that i hear for gay men and so, but what she says in one of her poems, um, what she says, it made me think of Reed's comment, because he said that, like, I, I say my own name out yeah. loud, because she has this, this poem which says, like, I had to chant my own name to manifest myself. Oof. It's a powerful poem. I love it. If you ever see Christabel Live, there's a poem, you'll get your life. Wow. But um, 
And you and know what? That's and a- so like I, I I was when Reed said that I was really like I kind of went to like a definitely like meditative space because I was like yes like that's the answer. But 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 but, 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 but she says like I will not feel guilty. I will not feel ashamed. Every name for us is divine. And so no matter how you feel, I feel, I mean, this is my statement, like how many of you feel like you're getting, it's still divine, it's still orchestrated, it's still determined because out of everybody, this may like outright spirituality, but out of everybody that was chosen to be the gay, it was you. Yes. Whether or not you're palpable or, or consumable or whatever, whatever it is, like it was you. And so I feel like whether, whether they've called you names that have celebrated you or hated you, it's all divine. And so, uh, like, I just want to channel Reedy because what I heard what you said was that, like, when in moments of doubt, you just say your own name. And I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, that's blew me away right now. No, it's huge. And, and I'm so glad that you shared that because I think back to actually how I survived high school and mm. college. And, and it was calling on my own name. And folks would make fun of me because I'd be like, bitch, I'm Moises fucking moon. <laughs> just you know because all the internet but um and i would always say that to like replenish my well of like you know being courageous being a bad bitch all the things and I so what other names you can uh replenish your well with are post twink <laughs> we're you know we, we gotta respect time um you can check us out at post twink p-o-s-t-t-w-i-n-k two t's two t's no capital letters don't get crazy. Posttwink.com. And we are in all the social media things, no matter where you are. And we want to do a shout out and thank you to Radio Corax. Yeah, thank whoop, you. Whoop. In Halle, Germany. Yes, in Halle, <laughs> Germany. Um, and all of our wonderful listeners out there. Yeah, um, and feel free to email us, um, posttwink at gmail.com. You can DM us on all the things. We like to hear about you and know you. And shout out to all the naked gay men who recently refunded us after I drug you all on social media. I am learning to grow. <laughs> all right. All so, right. Reed, how do they find you? How do they get in contact with you? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Reed is old shady private queen. Moises, how do they get in contact with you? Well, so uh, they can get in contact with Reed through posttwink at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, because I tag you in all things. So if yeah, you, you know. know, have a little patience. You so can if find you want to get to Reed, you can get to post, uh, you can email posttwink at gmail.com or DM us um, Instagram. Uh, I think we got Twitter too. I haven't checked it in a minute. Either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hit us up. Let us know how you're doing this episode. Even if you want to fight us, send us a message. We want to hear from you. So thank you guys so much, and we will see you next time for Post Twink. Ciao, ciao, ciao.